the reason we picked red balloon is because if you've ever been on a hot air balloon it's a little bit terrifying and a lot bit fun um kind of like looking for a new job kind of this floating sensation it's quiet people don't get back to you um and you're traveling somewhere you're going somewhere and where you're going is you're going to uh, what a lot of Americans are doing today, they're going to red states or they're going to red regions of blue states or they're going to red businesses where they can actually just be free. On this episode, I had the chance to talk with Andrew Krapuschetz. Andrew is one of those guys who thinks extremely clearly about business, how to do it right and how to do it well. He's the CEO at Red Balloon, which is, in his words, a matchmaking service for people who just want freedom at work. Red Balloon is barely a year old, but it has already seen tremendous growth. So here's a little window into what they're doing right over there. Welcome to Work is Good, a CSM podcast where we aim to help people enjoy and excel at their work. My name is Landon Buto, and I'm the Director of Marketing as well as a Loan Officer at Cleveland Street Mortgage. In addition to our weekly Wednesday episode, we'll occasionally include a bonus weekend episode focused specifically on branding. On these branding episodes, I have a conversation with business owners and marketers who have successfully established a strong brand. Please enjoy this week's branding episode from CSM. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get going. Thanks again for joining us today. Really appreciate it, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to go ahead and just, I mean, I, I know a minimum amount about your background, but I want to go ahead and give you a chance to just introduce yourself, give a, a course a description of the course of your career personally and then a little bit at your time at red balloon just very very high level description okay. there yeah well thanks landon um yeah andrew crappy i grew up in the san francisco bay area i did the dot-com thing while i was down there actually never made it around to going to college but um but learned a lot in the school of hard knocks that was the dot-com era and this is like late 90s when things were pretty frothy down yeah. there but then i got got tired of uh we'll call it liberals and traffic and so i decided it was time to leave uh the bay area and so i moved up to beautiful idaho where i now live on 60 acres with my five kids beautiful wife bunch of dogs awesome. so um kind of living dream up here in idaho um, so when I moved to Idaho, though, I realized there weren't a lot of jobs. Um, and a lot of that is you've got a university town here. Um, and I'd say over the last 20 years, you've really seen a resurgence of these small towns. But at that point, there really weren't any good jobs. So if you went to New St. Andrews College or University of Idaho and you wanted to stay in town, there weren't a lot of career opportunities unless you wanted to work at the university or the hospital or Walmart. Right. And so I thought that would be the opportunity. That's the thing that I should focus on because God's given me skills and ability to make jobs. And so that's mm. what I should do. So I kind of brought some of that Bay Area um, entrepreneurial spirit to the yeah. uh, North Idaho area. And I have been fortunate enough to start quite a few businesses, and I've had six successful exits um, through that entire process. So um, oh. I started a student information system software business. Um, that now has about 40 employees, and I did an MBO with the a management buyout with the employees, kind of gave them an opportunity to get some ownership. Um, mm -hmm. I started a 3D printing business, which we ended up selling to Stryker, a huge engineering corp corporation. Um, and that okay. was a fun little adventure. And then uh, started a company called MZ, Economic Modeling Specialist International, uh, Labor Market Data, which sounds really boring. 
But the reality is if you use good data about your career, you might make better decisions. And I know that universities and large corporations and economic development and government organizations were using that data to make better decisions about what they should do about their region. So um, so it was that was also a fun adventure. Built that up to about 280 sure. employees, about 50 million in revenue. Um, the last time I sold was to KKR, which is big, bad private equity. If you don't know, um, I think it's, there's a book called, uh, written about KKR called barbarians in the gate, which okay. is probably not the most complimentary thing ever. Sure. So, uh, KKR bought, uh, MZ and has now rebranded it to another business. Um, and they said, look, you're a little too conservative and Christian for our liking. So we're going to need you to, we're going to go a different direction, which is how they fire CEOs these days. Yeah. They don't actually say you're fired. They just, you know, we're going to go a different direction. So, yeah. um, and so I thought, man, here we are a company that was growing 25% a year with a 40% margin, just uh, vomiting cash onto the shareholders. And I was not fired for perception, not performance, right? Mm, uh, and yeah. I thought, man, if this happens to me, it's probably going to happen to a lot of other people around the country. Maybe already is happening and I wasn't even aware of it. So mm. uh, that's why I started redballoon.work. And Redballoon is really, um, it is a matchmaking service for people who just want freedom at work. So we're a job board um, that focuses on freedom. If you are an employer who wants the best kind of employees, you know, the kind that show up every day, do good work, have a great attitude, and aren't a snowflake in the HR department, then mm -hmm. you probably should be posting jobs on Red Balloon. And if you are an employee or a job seeker, um, you have no idea how deeply satisfying it is to work for someone who does not hate your worldview, but allows you to live your values out loud. And so that's mm -hmm. really been an amazing adventure. Redballoon.work is only a little over a year old, and we have over 2,200 businesses that have signed up, signed our pledge that they're going to respect the freedom of their employees. Um, and we have 1.5 million job searches by people wow. just looking for freedom in the workplace. So it has been quite the reception. Evidently, freedom is still in demand in America. Um, yeah, and so we're great. we're just still a little startup, but we're growing. That's great. So one just kind of general question on all of that. One thing that strikes me is those are pretty disconnected businesses. You mentioned several different businesses there. Um, from from a perspective of starting a business, how how important has knowledge of the specific product or service itself been to you? And what what's your involvement in the the weeds of you know the 3D printing versus data analytics versus, uh, you know, a software to to be able to bring companies together, companies, employees together. How, how in the weeds are you in all of those? Yeah, um, I, probably surprisingly in the weeds um, mm -hmm. and not because I'm a great scientist or anything like that. But in business, if you can obsess over your customers problems, um, then that's where you're going to come up with your best ideas and solutions for those problems. You're not going to, and you're not obsessing over what they want you to do. You're obsessing over what their current problems are, right? And there's a big distinction between that because a lot of customers will be like, well, I want X. And if you do X, then they're going to realize, well, that's actually not what I wanted. I wanted Y. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you wake up every day thinking, I know my customers are good people who have a problem today that if I can solve that problem, if I can deeply figure out what is making their day worse, um, keeping mm. them from being successful, if I can figure that out and solve that, 
um, with a creative solution, then my business is going to do just fine. And so that's really, I think, the heart of what every entrepreneur should be doing is um, obsessing about customer problems, not what the customer wants, but about obsessing about their problems and coming up with new and creative ways to solve those problems. I mean, that's that's the heart of every business. And if you could do that, um, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, that strikes me as uh, that can easily, I, I could easily see that being a, the most valuable thing that comes out of this conversation. I like the way you said that, obsessing over your cu- customers' problems and not just what they say they want you to do. That's right. Um, really good. Appreciate that. So get um, help me get a little bit of perspective and then we'll get into the, the branding of your company specifically and what role that's played. Um, but just flesh out a little bit more of the timeline of Red Bloom for me. Um, when did you start? How long ago did you start? And what ha- have the major um, steps been since since starting for you guys? Yeah. So we started in the fall of last year. So it was just it literally has okay. been just a little bit over a year. Um, and, and when you say I, start, uh, that that's when you launched. That is when, uh, like, so I. Or that's left when the my, idea was born. That was that's what, well, the idea being born and launching oh, all kind of happened within a couple weeks of each other. So okay. Um, okay, it all happened in the fall. Um, you'd be surprised. So a job board is actually not a complicated technology to develop, um, and so that was something that I'll be honest, I kind of my brother and I knocked out in a weekend. Okay, um, it, it really wasn't the hard part. Yeah. Um, a job board's not hard to create. A job board business is very difficult to create. But mm. um, so. Um, I left my last organization in June of last year, um, and I was going to take a year off to just, you know, I'd been leading that business for 20 years. Um, it was a bit of a heartache because I really loved it, um, mm-hmm. but it was clear that I could not stay there uh, because um, they didn't want me and I didn't want to stay under the conditions they wanted to have me. So, Sure. Um, so yeah. I was going to take a year off. I'm doing a large housing development here in Moscow, Idaho. I am restoring some historic buildings in Moscow. Um, and so I had plenty to do and five okay. kids. And, you know, I thought maybe yeah. I'll touch up my golf game a little bit. So yeah. um, so I really just launched the job board as a whim, on a whim last fall. Mm. Um, and so we thought, I think we, we like late August, early September, we're like, hey, here's a job board. And then I put out some videos just so people knew what was going on. Um, and then my best sales rep, um, Joe Biden, um, came out and said that there was a vaccine mandate. And our position awesome. at Red Good Balloon on the vaccine was, look, if people want to get vaccinated, that is entirely their decision. But you should have a conversation with your doctor, not your HR department, about what you put in your body. Um, and evidently, that was newsworthy. And so Joe Biden comes out with this. And then Fox News calls me the next day and says, hey, we heard that you're the biggest job board out there that believes oh. in freedom. And I'm like, well, by the biggest one, you mean we've been around for a month and we have four employers? Yes, yeah, we are the biggest. Great. So, um, and so I was on Fox and Friends and Kennedy and Stu Varney and One America's Network and Newsmax and all of the shows. I've actually done over 250 media interviews since that day. Oh. Um, just because I was willing to say what I believed was true right. um, and I wasn't afraid of that. Um, I was um, not afraid to get in front of a microphone and a camera as needed. 
And, uh, and honestly, courage is very attractive and it will draw people to you. Mm. And so that's really where all of a sudden Red Balloon launched. And honestly, when I was on Fox and Friends, we added over 100 businesses that day wow. and 40,000 job seekers. And it was this harrowing day. Our servers nearly went down. And then I was on Glenn Beck like two weeks later. And then the servers nearly went down again. <laughs> And like, because I wasn't planning on this being a business, this was just going to be a little hobby job on the side. Um, it, we didn't have the infrastructure. I didn't have the staff. Right. And I already had a full-time job doing a housing development. So um, it was, I'll call it not relaxing. Uh, yeah. But that's sometimes how it works out. And so um, so that's what that kind of initial um, wildness in, you know, kind of September, November, um, even into December last year hmm. uh, was like. Oh, great. Uh, have, have, have you seen other, other similar services kind of shift positions and, and in the direction you guys are going since you've kind of come out as very openly, uh, in this, taking this position, have other similar services taken a similar position? Yeah, there were a number of Novax job boards, um, which were, um, you know, had small amount, you know, they had some success, uh, which is great. I'm all for it. Um, but we wanted to be bigger than just a vaccine mandate. Right. We were pushing back against wokeness in the workplace. Not super sustainable. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's kind of a single issue. And, and wokeness in the workplace, I would love it if we got to a point where that simply isn't an issue anymore. Therefore, yeah. we're not needed. But that's, I think I get, sure. I get a little runway on that one. So, sure. um, yeah. so wokeness in the workplace is really the reason we launched. And the vaccine just kind of came along and was a lightning rod issue. Um, but n- there were a number of other people doing that. That being said, I had a executive at career builder who, um, who reached out to me and said, you know, I don't know that I totally agree with your politics, but you may have just found a market niche that happens to be half the country and everybody else is afraid to go after mm, right wow. now. If that's true, it's business gold, right? If you have a market right. niche, that's half the country and everyone else is afraid of man, that is fantastic. So yeah, um, we'll see. But it's it's been a fun uh, year and year and a bit. Awesome, that's great. Well, I probably spent too long on your story. It's really interesting, uh, but I do want to hear about just branding in your company specifically. Yeah. Um. So can you g- give a general picture of what you would say what role branding has played in the success of your company and the growth of your company? Yeah. Uh, I'd say probably one of the things I spent most time early on was just the naming and branding of Red Balloon because um, it it matters a lot. You want to have a name that people uh, will remember. Uh, I've seen a lot of startups where they have a name that's just just basically unpronounceable. Um, and when you do that, it just you're you're putting yet another huge barrier in front of people remembering you because if they can't pronounce it. If it doesn't make sense to them then it's going to be a lot harder for them to remember. And you can get past that, right? Google was not a household name until they made it a household name, but it definitely makes it a, a more of an uphill battle, whereas Red Balloon is very visceral. Um, and the reason we picked Red Balloon is because if you've ever been on a hot air balloon, it's a little bit terrifying and a lot bit fun, um, kind of like looking for a new job, kind of this floating sensation. It's quiet. People don't get back to you. Um, and you're traveling somewhere, you're going somewhere and where you're going is you're going to, uh, what a lot of Americans are doing today. They're going to red States or they're going to red regions of blue States, or they're going to red businesses where they can actually just be free. And Mm -hmm. so that's where that kind of the motif of the red balloon name came from. And it's redballoon.work.com. 
Um, I don't know that that was my best decision. Um, .com was taken, so I didn't really have a choice on that. Sure. Um, that ended up being as much a barrier and an and a uphill battle for me as well, just mm, like having an unpronounceable name, not having a .com um, takes some extra work. That yeah. being said, I really like the, the vision of work, not um, communism, and com sounded too much like communism to me. So, um, And I know it doesn't sound for communists, all you all – you, sure. uh, People who know better are like, wait a minute, doesn't stand for that. But yeah. um, so work is better than communism, and so that's why dot com. But it helps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so red balloon dot work. That's that's really what we pushed on. And then the reality is that I have spent almost no money on marketing over the last mm. year. I really have done this earned media. Um, I did have someone who was helping book shows for me, who was pushing me out in the marketplace. But a lot of it is strategy and being interesting and. Um, building on relationships with the media and, and just people trust you more if you're on Glenn Beck's show, um, which is really hard to get on, but yeah. people trust you more than if they see you in a banner ad um, yeah. because you're more of an authority. And so mm-hmm. uh, we've been very fortunate to build the brand that way. Not everybody mm-hmm. can, um, but we have a really interesting story, right? It's around freedom in America um, and and people want to hear about it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Great. Helpful. So what what would you say? I mean, you you you've gotten at this, and a, a large part of it is the uniqueness of of your company itself and the service you provide. Um, but I do wanna do wanna ask, what are the most noteworthy things that helped you create your reputation and your brand as it is? And those can be either things um, that you did to become what you are, or what you did to make that known. Um, steps, you, choices, decisions you've made on purpose besides well, besides just the nature of your company, which is huge right. there, obviously. Yeah. I mean, we made a pretty conscious decision. We were going to do an earned media strategy rather than a paid media strategy, um, which does For cost money. For that reason money. you mentioned. For that reason that we mentioned. Yeah. Um, and, and then we've also leaned in social media quite a bit, and that's been another very conscious decision. You know, how do we you know, have 10,000 followers on social media. Um, And then building out, I think the new way to really focus on uh, blowing up a brand is to be using social media and influencers. Um, And there are very creative ways to do that. You don't always necessarily need to pay for those. I remember when ZipRecruiter first was launched, and this was like 12 years ago, and they're one of the larger job boards in America. They really leaned into um, podcasts because podcasts were kind of the new hip thing um, then. And so they sponsored lots and lots and lots of podcasts out there. And that's how really how they blew up their brand. Mm. Uh, we've been focusing on some of these influencers because they're, they're social media conservative influencers right. that will, will do you a solid, and especially because they really care about the why of Red Balloon. We're here to bring freedom to the workplace. And therefore, a lot of them are like, you know what, we're going to promote you even though, if, even if you don't pay us because we think it's so important for America to get back to a world where we're free. And so mm-hmm. that's been really um, encouraging because when you have people who have 100,000 followers on a various social media platform saying, you know, what, we're going to jump up and down on, on the Red Balloon story um, because we believe in what you're doing, obviously that helps the brain a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you and ask you to consider if you were if you were in someone else's shoes and 
let, let's go back. Let's say MZ. Let's go back to MZ. Uh, if you were in a little bit of a different service or product right now, what would that look like specifically? Um, everything you just talked about, using social media actively and, and the opportunities there, or maybe if you were in that, you would say, no, I wouldn't go that route. Um, what what would be something top of mind and opportunity top of mind for you right now and that kind of similar is it the same answer or is it different there uh do you mean uh what business i would try and start or how would i try and how promote? would you how would you promote it yeah yeah um every business is different and you really uh, don't be cookie cutter i've seen a lot of businesses fail because they read a business book they saw how someone else did it and they tried to follow that you know, kind of a paint by numbers kind of thing. And business is not paint by numbers. So um, I would say if I had an, a business like MZ where I had a software product that I was selling in a B2B world, um, I would spend far less on marketing. I would still do some earned media because that helps. But man, I would dial up a sales organization. I mm. would say, how do we um, build a um, email marketing drip campaign sales organization for very targeted customers i try and identify who are the 10,000 buyers in my universe of buyers and how do i start targeting them right now and focus on building brand with them and then in unleashing a sales organization because that's a very different world because i have a product that i'm trying to sell to them whereas something like red balloon it's a two-sided marketplace right you've got job seekers and you've got employers and i'm trying to introduce them to each other so that mm. doesn't mean i have a product in and of myself um, i am trying to help these two or uh, groups of people find each other and so that just ends up being a very different kind of marketing and go-to-market strategy so um, right. go-to-market strategy should depend great deal on what kind of business you have Makes sense. Great. Last question. Um, what, what's going on right now? What are you guys doing right now or next on the table uh, to continue to establish the reputation you want? Is it more of the same? Is there a clear next step for you uh, to yeah. continue to build your brand? Um, I'd say there are two things that I would focus on that we are focusing on right now. We're going to try and bring on some um, kind of big fish influencers, you know, all uh, call it a Donald Trump Jr. or somebody where you've got people with 10 million followers instead of instead of 100,000 followers, mm. um, and and have them jump up and down on this brand. Mm. Um, and it's interesting that those conversations have not been that hard to have because they see that we're courageous in the marketplace. We're not afraid to push on freedom in the workplace. And so I've been able to have some meetings with some very high level people because they believe in what we're doing. Um, and obviously they want to see a return on their time and their investment and so on and so forth, but we're going to do that. Um, the second thing that we're starting to do with employers, which has kind of differentiated us from any other job board out there, not only are we the largest job board when it comes to freedom employees and trying to do matchmaking on that uh, front with a job board, um, but we really want to bless our customers as deeply as possible. And so as I've been talking to a lot of these smaller businesses around the country, uh, most of them are terrified of the hiring process because they only hire once a year or twice a year. And the interview process is um, a place where you can get sued if you ask the wrong questions. And if you don't ask the right questions, you're going to get a bad hire who's going to be a bad fit for your organization. And so what we're doing today is we are actually writing job postings for employers, knowing that a job posting is not a job description. It is an online advertisement for employment. Therefore, you should think about it very differently than just a job posting. So we are 
writing your job posting for you. We are putting it in front of the largest database of Patriot job seekers in the country. Hmm. And then we're doing a first cultural screen interview for you. So if you don't want to have a flood of applicants that are maybe terrible, um, Hmm. we will actually screen them all first and then pass on the good ones to you. So that's kind of a new different take on what we think employment uh, uh, process should look like. Sure. That's great. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. We'll keep following you guys. Really appreciate your time today, Andrew. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Landon. Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it, leave a review, and listen next week.